What are some of the greatest pressures that you are facing? Or think about pressures that you have faced in the past. On this episode, I talked to Veronica, who runs the Child Free Connection. This is a YouTube channel that reaches thousands of subscribers for many who are child free by choice or by circumstance. Whether you want kids, have kids, I know many of you do, I want you to listen to what Veronica has to say and relate this to any pressure that you may have faced in your life. I then want you to take this and honestly ask yourself if this pressure would result in a decision that makes you happy. I've talked about this before and I want to reiterate this now. The life that makes you happy is going to look different from even your closest friends. Also keep in mind that somebody deciding not to have children does not mean that they don't love children. They just have other plans for their life. So whatever your plans may be, I hope you listen to this episode and feel empowered with how you're going to play the cards that life is giving you. listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. better self and net worth. I have an amazing topic for you guys today and an amazing guest. I'm real excited. I'll go ahead and get into it. This is my sister, my sorority sister that I met through my Sigma Kappa alumni group. So just a little plug for Greek life. It's not just four years. It is really is for life. You're always, I feel like I'm always meeting connections just through that. Veronica and her husband, Rick, they are the co-founders of the Child Free Connection. They um, are a child-free couple in their 40s. They are child-free by choice. They share some intimate details through the Child-Free Connection YouTube channel and Instagram. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and also follow them on Instagram. And the intention of this community The Child-Free Connection is to build that global connection for people who have either opted out of having children or just child-free by choice, So, or child-free by circumstances even. Mm -hmm. So this is just a very important topic because I think there's so many pressures around women to become mothers, whether they want to be or not, and it goes back to the beginning of days why women were kind of put in this box. And I'm going to go ahead, give this to Veronica, let her tell you her story and how she founded the Child Free Connection. 
Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited and I'm super grateful to be here because this is just such an important conversation to have. And the more that we have it, the more that we can educate people on this lifestyle and this choice. Um, So thank you for that, for opening up your platform for this conversation. Um, So basically what happened with us was during the pandemic, we really noticed that our friends who had kids kept telling us, you're so lucky, you're so lucky, you're so lucky. And I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm lucky to not have a husband. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, it was interesting to us and we were really empathetic about the struggle that they were going through with their children, you know, the entire family being home, the kids trying to have this virtual learning experience. It just seemed very overwhelming, very complicated, very difficult. So I think people just gravitated towards being like, you're not having this experience, how lucky. And Rick and I really started paying attention to that word, like how lucky you are, how lucky you are. And really exploring the fact that this is a choice that we consciously made. So the fact that we're here um, having a different experience during the pandemic doesn't really have anything to do with luck. It was um, a conscious choice that we made. It was very thought out. We had to individually come to this decision. We had two separate journeys. So there was a lot more involved than luck. And we just found it interesting that people were just putting us in that luck category. And then that conversation sort of opened up and sparked into, you know, do people not realize what this process can 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 be for some people, right? There's two ends of the spectrum. There's people who from the time there were kids, did not want to have a kid. They've known from day one, you know, some some of our audience have told us from as far as they can remember, five, six, seven years old, teens, uh, 19, they just knew 1000% that they were not going to have kids. On the other end of the spectrum, we have the same experience of people who knew from that those same ages that they absolutely had to have them and that parenting was a number one um, goal for them. And then at the same time, there's like this entire gray area in between those two extremes where where it's where most people live, right? So we just have started having these conversations about not only where we were individually, where people that we know were, where our friends were. And around the same time in my personal social media, I had posted a picture of me and my dog and I just talked about how happy and fulfilled I was to be his mom and that that alone has brought me so much joy in my life just you know spending time with him being with him and I just you know kind of went on and on about it and it was really surprising to me I got all these dms from just random people because I you know I hashtag dog mom and all these things and people really resonated with that concept that I had no regrets that I was really happy with my choices, that I lived a fulfilled life. And I started going back and forth with them and just having these conversations. And this was all going on around the same time, which made me really think about where is this child-free life lifestyle? How is it perceived, right? I'm 45 years old. Rick actually just turned 50. And 
I was under the assumptions, and we all know assumptions. <laughs> I was under the assumption because when I was in my 20s and 30s, there was so much pressure. There was all these comments coming at me. I still, and I can talk about it later, I still get comments, and, and it's, it's hilarious that it's still coming my way at this age, but people are relentless. But um, I realized that I, I was under the assumption that it was gone, that the, those days were the old days that didn't exist. So I really dove into my research, and I started doing so much reading and listening and watching videos and and paying attention and realizing that we haven't moved very far since I was there, since I was in my early 20s, mid-20s, early 30s, mid-30s. We haven't progressed as a society with acceptance of this lifestyle. And it made, and I talked to Rick about it, and it made us really want to be part of the conversation but we had to really figure out how can we bring value to it? How can, how can we add to it? We don't want to just be part of it. We want to add to it. And we brainstorm all these different ideas. And the thing that we decided was, why don't foundationally, the first thing that we can do is just allow people to take a peek inside our lives, to look behind the curtain and see, here's a woman who's 45, a man who's about to be 50, And this is what it looks like. Because when I was 25, 30, 35, I wasn't sure because all I knew were my friends with kids. And I could imagine, I didn't have to imagine, I could see what their life looked like. But I couldn't see the alternative. So we said, let's start there. Let's start showing people what life looks like at our age without kids. And that's why we launched a Child Free Connection. Because we were like, let's have a place where we can inspire, we can support we can celebrate, we can educate people on this lifestyle. And that was really the original intention. Yeah. And I believe there's a much needed spotlight to this because every movie you watch, it ends with a couple uniting and living happily ever after or a couple, you know, deciding to have kids. It's just, there's not really, there's not a lot of spotlight on the single and happy life, which does exist. A hundred percent, and which is a lot of our audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a lot of spotlight on that. And there's not a lot of spotlight on people who choose not to have children. And I know a lot of couples who have chosen the child-free life and they are perfectly happy because they have prioritized exploring the world. They have prioritized maybe charity. They've prioritized their careers. They, prior- they basically have chosen other things that have made them happy. Mm-hmm. And decided that having children was not needed to fulfill their life. Now, I love kids. I do. I volunteer with kids. But the more I see the stresses, especially the pandemic, I think about how much stress a child brings into your life. And you are 45, but you don't look a day over 25. So you avoided a lot of stress. (laughs) That's funny. Just throwing that out there. I also when you see what's going on in the world, and I try not to tune into the negative energy that's going on in this world, but when you see what's going on with like the human trafficking and the stats around bullying and online, it, it makes me worry about my nephews and my friend's children of what they're growing up into. Oh, a hundred percent. The fact that um, we did a video on, on our reasons that we chose this lifestyle. And one of them was constant worry. I happen to be a worry wart. So it's really important to know yourself, right? To evaluate who you are, um, what triggers you. And 
I worry, I worry about my partner. I worry about my parents, my friends, my nieces, my nephews, my friends' kids, if they're telling me they're going. So I know myself enough to know that it would be, and it's not impossible because people do it. I understand that. And I understand, and I trust myself to be able to get through hurdles where I struggle. But I know myself enough to know that this is a, would be a struggle, a thousand percent, because I'm a worrier. And that I would have to work very hard on, on managing that worry. And, and, and to me, it just, it just didn't add up because when you have, from what I've experienced from seeing my friends, it's not, a, um, it's not a stage of worry that lasts a few months or a few years, right? You don't worry only during the baby phase. You don't worry only during the toddler phase. You don't worry only during the teenage years. It's from day one till the end. So all that anxiety and worry, I really had to evaluate, is that something that I can handle or that I want to handle or that I think is healthy for me? And the answer was a clear no. Yeah. And you have to take care of yourself and know yourself because you can't give back to anyone in this Mm -hmm. world. If you're pouring from a place that is exhausted, stressed out, or if you're, you're pouring from an empty cup and it's good that you had that self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm with you. Um, Some people in our community do not like kids and there's no shame in that. And that's absolutely okay. I do like kids. I actually have a very close relationship with my niece and my nephew. I love them so much. Um, I love hanging out with my friends' kids. I am completely on board. I'm, I'm, I'm naturally maternal and a mama bear by nature. I like caretaking. I like all of that. But just because I have those qualities and I enjoy it doesn't immediately translate into, oh, that means I should be a mother. It doesn't. No. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to take this conversation to kind of back in, because we were both spiritual, Mm-hmm. You grew up I'm a Methodist. I'm on the, the more liberal side of Christianity. And what we're seeing is a lot of religious leaders and even political thought leaders are coming out and saying this, that women have to have kids to be fulfilled, that we have this, we're, we're engineered to be, and we can be nurturing and compassionate without children, but we're engineered. We're supposed to have children. And this has been the message from the beginning of time, but what people don't realize, especially if we're going to go back to the biblical days. Now, not everybody that listens to this podcast is a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's not what people reference the Bible, say you're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids. Mm-hmm. Marriage was a business transaction. Daughters, fathers would pawn off their daughters in exchange for property. Mm-hmm. When it came to marriage in the biblical days, a lot of people don't know that. You know, yeah. My- and there was, There was a lot of places in history where children, you know, before the child labor laws came into effect in our country, children were working the farms. And that's why you were encouraged to have more children so that you could have more workers and that your family could progress and make more money. So there's been, I agree with you, there's been so many different places in history where children were were meant for other than what we see it now, but the idea that you must have them has just carried on, even though the circumstances have changed. And do you think a lot of it comes from misinterpretation of scripture? Because my dad studied at Duke University, so he had a more open-minded approach and they got better. He had a lot of historical context of why the Bible says what it does. 
So I, I grew up knowing that. But do you think a lot of it ties back to religion or do you think it's just more of like a Game of Thrones type structure where, you know, daughters were bred to be kings and queens, have children, they're, or they're compartmentalized some way or another where women were. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the answer to that because there's so, there's so many different facets to that. I think religion is definitely a big part of this for people who partake in it. But there's this whole other side where people are not influenced by religion. I think it's less, it's not so much about religion itself as about the message that you have to do X. And that message, if it's coming from religious leaders, if it's coming from political leaders, if it's coming from leadership of any capacity, you are supposed to do X that messaging gets programmed into our heads and then it confuses people. And I think that it causes ultimately a lot of problems because it's hard for some people to separate what they really want to do from what they feel that they are supposed to do. And yeah. that creates a lot, of, a lot of conflict, a lot of anxiety internally. And that definitely comes from self-awareness. It's really asking yourself the tough questions to say, is this really what I want to do? Or is this what society expects of me? Yeah. And that process can be long and tedious for some people because it's not immediately clear. Like we were talked about earlier, there's that spectrum. There is a, a part of that population that is that sometimes can get very stuck in that phase. Because if you think about it, if you're unsure and you're battling trying to separate what you want from what society, your parents, religious leaders, political leaders, from, from what everybody else wants, you are somewhat almost stuck in a holding pattern because you can't move forward, right? Because yeah. you're, you, can't, you can't decide where you want to buy a house. If you want to buy a house, how many bedrooms going to have? Are you going to, is being near a good school district for you? Is it not? Do you want to take a job or a career that requires a lot of travel? Like there's just so much that it depends which path you take. So there are quite a lot of people in our community that are in this holding pattern solely for the fact that they've been programmed a certain way. And they really have to take this time to reevaluate and assess what it is that they really want. Yeah. And you look at maybe from when, you know, generations before us were growing up, they didn't, it was kind of the norm to stay at home, raise the kids, but now women are getting more opportunities mm-hmm. and a glass ceiling may not be completely shattered, but there's some holes in it that we're mm-hmm. through. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big part of it because even today, we'll see. Um, somebody was telling me the other day. I was someone from our community. I was I was having a chat with them, and they were they were finding it interesting. And, and I said, I know what you mean. Let's say that they're having a family gathering, and her and her husband are child free. And let's say one of the parents has to go and do something, and you know they have the baby, and they'll go give the baby to her. You know, like here, I have to run out for a second to the car and get something. And it's just, why is it, she, she feels very like, why, he's right, he's right next to me, <laughs> you know, he's sitting right here, like, why am, why is the female the one that automatically 
has to be given the baby to take care of and to nurture. And so there's, even though we've come so far, we're still not anywhere near where we need to be. I've never noticed that before, but I remember in my twenties when all my friends were having babies, the first baby I held was my nephew and I was 31 years old. That's the first baby I ever held. And I love that. That's the first, but people would give me their babies or try to, <laughs> and I've, I've babysat before because of toddlers and yeah. like, Oh, hope I don't drop this. <laughs> but And not to mention when there's women in our community that absolutely like do not babies like they, it just like triggers either their auditory senses or, uh, you know, deeper issues that they don't want that they're not interesting in, in dealing with, like all these other things can happen. And, but people just assume like, let me give you the joy of holding my baby, but not realizing that other people may not feel the same way. And you brought up an interesting point. Why don't people give the baby to the men? Never, never. never. I mean, I would love to never just do a whole control me. study on this. And I and I, I bet, you know, it would always be the woman doing it for sure. Yeah. Um, I had another example of another, another person in our audience that I was chatting with. And she was saying that they had an upcoming vacation. This was before the holiday started. And there was this one day in the family vacation where like all the men were going to go, I think golfing and the women, everybody else has kids except her and her and her husband. The women were going to stay behind and hang out with the kids and, you know, spend the day. And she was assumed to take part in that and not only take part in that, but have certain responsibilities because she didn't have the kids. So she was going to have to like set things up and go to the store and run errands and, And I was talking to her and she got so upset that the assumption, because she's a woman with no kids, that now she's the errand runner. Now she's the one that has to do all the things that it was just assumed rather than asked, right? Do you want, is this something that you want? Is this how you want to spend one of the days of your vacation? We'd love to have you, you know, rather than the assumption. And and she actually took the liberty of saying, not only did she say, this is not what I want, no. And she just like booked herself a spot. <laughs> and I just thought that was so, you know, that it, a lot of people, unfortunately, don't get that option. But the assumption that that was her role is what is interesting to me. Yeah. And for me, I were in that situation I'm saying, okay, who wants to go golfing with the guys? So I'm not the only girl. Right. I mean, right. And that's the thing. She probably chose that lifestyle so she could have more room in her life for fun. Not saying you can't have mm-hmm. fun with kids, but yes. she wanted to make more time for herself. Right. And the fact that she didn't get to go play golf or you mm-hmm. know, just do what she came on vacation to do. And she was kind of assigned to take care of everybody else. That's just... That's completely unfair. It is. It is completely unfair. We just did, and it makes me also think we just posted recently about just because I have free time doesn't mean I'm available. And I think that's really, did you see that? Yeah. It's really powerful because people had, and that was inspired. People have reached out to us and, and, and this happens in the workplace quite a bit where either someone, a coworker, comes in late or leaves early because they either have to drop off a kid, pick up a kid, you know, an activity, dance, or the kid is sick. And 
So when they leave, they put the project on the person who's left behind, which, you know, happens. People have emergencies all the time. And I want to make it clear too. It's not about, and I talked about it in the post. It's not about like, of course we want to be helpful, kind humans, right? Like it's not about not helping people because given the opportunity, we want to help people. But the assumption, and and people wrote on in their comments that when they're at work, that they can stay late, everybody else who's a parent can go, is completely contradictory of what exactly you just said. The reason yeah. I picked this lifestyle is so that I can have the time to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So even though people have perhaps made this choice, society hasn't kept up with that. And No, not so, at all. Yeah. So. You, see that, you see that a lot with companies too. It's like, okay, the people that have kids, we need to give them a break. But what about people that... Mm-hmm you know, maybe just chose themselves or in some situations, just because you don't have kids doesn't mean that you don't have doctor's appointments. You don't have emergencies or that you don't have any projects that you're working on outside of work that require your your house. You may have to go talk to your realtor. I mean, I think single people, sometimes they have more of a task list than if they were sharing it with somebody else. A hundred percent. The sense that because someone chose a child-free life or is living a child-free life, that they have no sense of responsibility makes me nuts. It really baffles my mind because there's people in our community that are caring for sick elderly parents, siblings. They have, they volunteer, they have their CEOs of their companies. So a big reason that they opted out of this was because their responsibility was already so huge that adding to it just didn't add up for them. So that's just another false assumption that we're all just laying on the couch and with our feet up. That's just completely, that's wrong. You know, that's incorrect. Sure, do we, do some people have the time to do that? Yeah, and should we do it? Yeah, and should we celebrate that we can do that? Absolutely. But the assumption that that child-free people are lazy, that they don't like responsibility. It just doesn't add up. And the data shows it. It's very clear. Of course it is. And, you know, they probably thought it through before, you know, they probably weighed the deliberations. Do I have kids? Do I not have kids? They have weighed out the pros and cons. So they've taken the time to really consider if what they're doing is right for them than what society expects of them. Yeah, absolutely. My thought, my personal journey was really deep and thoughtful. I had to really understand because when I was in my early 20s, singing, I don't want kids and that's it, wasn't an acceptable reason. And the fact that we even have to give reasons is is unfortunate. And, and by the way, you shouldn't have to give a reason, but people just are always asking for them. So we do try to tell people, like, you are not responsible to provide a list of reasons of your choice. Your choice you make within yourself, and you don't have to do this, you know, slide deck of why you you decided not to have kids. But when I was younger, it wasn't accepted at all. So I really thought to myself, like, okay, I really have to think this out more because maybe I'm making a mistake. Maybe I'm wrong. Like everyone's telling me I'm going to regret it. Everyone's telling me I'm going to live an unfulfilled life. So I really took the extra steps. I really evaluated. I had dealt with some childhood trauma. I'm like, maybe that's it, you know, and I dealt with that. I talk about that in one of my videos and I'm like, okay, that's not it. And then you go through the list. Okay. Maybe, um, 
I just went through such, so much um, introspection to really figure out, is this what I want? And at the end of the day, I still came up with the same answer. (laughs) It was like, no, this isn't what I want. And I went through all my reasons and it still, I ended up in the same place, you know, but it just, I'm, I'm very analytical. I'm a researcher. So I went through the process that society was telling me that I needed to go through very extensively. And I still came up with the same answer. And I can relate to that because being single in my early twenties up to my late twenties, even thirties, people were like, why don't you do Bumble? Why don't you do online dating? I can't believe you don't want a boyfriend. And to me, it's like, I'm open to it, but I refuse to settle and I refuse to force anything. I'm not going to force myself into a relationship if it doesn't feel right. A hundred percent. I had to put somebody in place. I said, okay, if I were in a relationship, it would be for the wrong reasons. Is that what you really want for me? Mm-hmm. And she backed off. And then she later said, I, I, well, you know, I'm going to set you up with this guy. You both love music and traveling. Okay. <laughs> Who doesn't love those things? <laughs> but it's. Yeah, I it's, know. Uh, and I know, you know it, the pressure from the outside is, is it's something I've thought about a lot because I do have a level of understanding of it, right? It's when it comes to, to people pressuring you to have kids, when it comes from parents, from people who actually do have children. So I can step outside myself and I can understand if you have a baby, a child, and you are just head over heels in love with it. And it just, your day is magical because of what your child brings. I can understand that. I can see that you feel that way. And I can also understand that someone who is feeling this way and having these experiences with their child wants you or, or whoever they're speaking to, to have that experience. I could understand that because they're so overwhelmed by it. It's like, why wouldn't you want this feeling? But what they don't understand is that that feeling that they're experiencing is something that fulfills them, something that brings them joy, something that really is impactful in their lives, something that they've wanted. So it's absolutely not the same thing. It just, it's not, it doesn't add up. But I understand how for parents, it's hard to understand that you are not choosing this path. I can understand that. I don't agree with it, but I can certainly understand that. Yeah. And sometimes I think, yeah, you're, what makes you happy? You're extremely happy and you want to share that with other people. What makes you happy is not going to be what makes everybody else happy. Mm-hmm. My friends mm-hmm. want to go to bars. They want to explore the hot spots in town. I can do that occasionally. Sometimes I just want to spend my Friday nights at home reading a book, rereading oh, my hundred percent, or binge watching HBO Max. <laughs> and the older you get, the more you want to do that. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I just want to, you know, yeah, relax. Hey, yeah, I want to pick up and go skiing. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to just kind of get my skis last mm-hmm. minute. Yeah, spontaneity is actually a really um, huge benefit of this lifestyle because so our friends make fun of this all the time. So every time Rick and I go away, we don't have a set date of when we're going to come back. Like we we know like we'll book it, you know, but we, I would say 95% of the time, if we're having a good time, we stay, we stay extra days. We both can work from home. So we just stay 
And maybe we go somewhere else that's nearby. And then maybe we'll cancel the flight and decide to do a road trip on the way back. And all these decisions are being made very last minute because nothing is holding us to having to get back. And that, we love that. We love that we can do that. We love that we have those options in our lives and we cherish that. And that's incredible. I, I like to do that as well. And then the spontaneity, if I'm saying that right, but spontaneity, Mm -hmm. yeah, spontaneity, but spontaneous lifestyle that again, people look down upon that, but it's really a luxury. Some people look at luxuries as having a Chanel bag. I look at luxury Mm -hmm. as having my personal time. Mm -hmm. I look at luxury as being able to go out and travel when I want to, being able to meet up with some friends on a short notice when I want to, just Mm -hmm. freedom. Freedom is my luxury. Absolutely. Freedom is such a luxury and it's so, such a luxury to celebrate. It's just, yeah. and, and unfortunately we don't get the chance to celebrate it as much. And that's something that we really try to talk about in our community because sometimes child-free people feel there's some shame and for some reason involved in saying I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, because it feels, it feels like you're bragging to some people. And that really bothers me because, and this is why, you know, over the years we've gotten the comments from people like, oh, what are you going to brunch again or go to happy hour or, oh, you're going to stay longer. You're going to have vacation for another week or all these, all these comments and the, the difference is that it's perceived as bragging, but it's just reality. It's reality and it's celebration of our reality. And when we have parents commenting on our page, like this is why waste your time talking about the fact that you don't have kids? This is ridiculous. This is dumb. We don't understand it. And my answer to that is, There are millions, millions of parenting websites, magazines, blogs, social media accounts. I get invited to mother communities, motherhood communities through Instagram and all the time. I said, I don't have kids. Yes. I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, it's by choice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, the resources and the communities are endless and the support And there's support if you have a baby, if you have a teenager, if you have this, if you have that. There's so much support. There's so much celebration. How many times do we see photos of the the baby bump growing, of the kid's first day of school, of the kid's first word, and which is fine. I'm not putting it down at all. All I'm saying is... Yeah, yeah. I've seen posts celebrating their child pooping. Yes, and they're celebrating, right? So why... Is it okay to celebrate that and call it a celebration? But if I'm showing you my freedom and my spontaneous lifestyle that I truly love and enjoy, that's considered bragging. It's unfair and it's not right. And that's why we've switched it. We want, we encourage our audience to celebrate all that, all those benefits, all that luxury, because you should, there should be no shame behind it. And yeah, to your point, it's funny what is considered a celebration, what's considered a brag. 
Mm-hmm. You get a ra- considered a celebration or brag, or even, you know, starting their own business. If you post on Facebook that you took, you know, a new job, you're likely to get a lot of likes on that. This likely, or if you get in a relationship, you're likely to get a like a lot of likes on that. Let's say, you know, you're starting a blog. How much response do you get to that? Even though yeah. starting a blog, podcast, whatever it is you're starting, or even if you do a, I have friends who do the um, the beach body, different yeah. types. Why, why don't we celebrate that? If it's what makes the other person happy, why are we not applying that? And why are we not sitting down and getting different perspectives of what brings each other happiness? We're not hearing each other. Right. Exactly. And that's a good point that you bring up because we have been so clear in our messaging that we are not anti-kids. We are not anti-parenting in any way. People assume that way. And they assume it all the time. They don't read. They just take everything out of context. They think we're baby haters. They think we're anti. I mean, a bunch of my best friends are parents. Like I'm a child. I have parents. My sister has kids. Like it just, it, it, it doesn't matter how much I talk about the fact that that's not what this is about. So I started diving into it because I found it really interesting that people were feeling that way about our message. So we actually did a video on, on what is this competition? Like, why, why is it, why is it seen here? I'll give you an example. So a person had reached out from our audience, had reached out to us on Instagram and she had a friend for 20 something years and she had been sharing a lot of our content on her own personal story and her friend reached out to her who is a parent and said that she feels extremely attacked by these messages and she I don't know I haven't gotten an update but she wanted to end the friendship because because of it and it wasn't so shocking to me because I get so many messages about why am I putting down parents when that's clearly not what I'm doing. So digging into it, I realized that we're divisive by nature, right? We have to always pick one side or the other side. And if you're for one side, you must be against the other. And it's hard for us as a society to understand that even though your convictions lay on one side, you can still be empathetic and understanding of the other and not against it. And that is a challenge sometimes. And in your case, you're putting this on your personal page, on your Instagram and on your YouTube account. You're not telling other people what to do with their life. No. Designing a community for people that have chosen similar. And there needs to be a community for that. In that case, being offended is a choice. Right, exactly. And- and it would be, and I don't understand why people come, why people with kids, um, besides the people that are supportive. So we, let's for a second acknowledge those parents too that are extremely supportive and completely get it and understand it. So thank you to those parents because they reach out thank to you us for being as open-minded. well. Yeah, super open-minded and have talked to us about the fact that they've learned from our account because they have older kids now that their kids are leaning in this direction and that our account has helped them lay off the pressure a little bit. So, you know, thank you to those people who understand the mission and the message. But um, so what I was going to say before is that people that come to our account and feel attacked and feel a certain way and aren't really understanding it, 
I'm just confused as to why they're spending time there too. It would be like me spending my energy and my time in a mommy account and then putting my two cents into it. You, you know, I don't want to see your kid. I just don't, I don't want to see another picture of your kid. I don't want to see your, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I think we have, we have choices about where we spend our time online and some people's choices are just baffling yeah. to me. <laughs> I get asked about, they're like, you post a lot of pictures of your cat. <laughs> Right. So stop following me. Yeah. I was, I was a cat mom up until November. And you know what? That cat bought me a lot of joy. Both of my cats bought me so much joy. And yeah, I loved, loved watching them entertaining. I loved coming home. Yeah. They're, you know, I feed them. I mm-hmm. put the litter boxes. And then they just sit there and cuddle with me. They don't talk back to me. And we're called, and we talk about compassion and nurturing. Are we not supposed to love on animals too? I know. Especially I know. in terms of Eddie, your dog, adorable. <laughs> yeah, Eddie is such a big part of our lives. And then and then it's funny because sometimes, I mean, our community, some are pet owners, some aren't, some. And even with um, one of my best friends is, is child-free by circumstance, and she doesn't have a dog or a cat or a pet. And she even gets the, oh, you should get one you should get a pet. They're going to make, you know, so I'm like, it doesn't end. And then I have other very good friends of mine who have reached out to me after we launched this community who have one kid and they get pressured to have Even a the second. Next yeah, yeah. Because you can't just have one, you know, from that they get the comment, like, how could you do that? They need a sibling. So it just really opens up my eyes to that this exists in every community, no matter what. So we just have to figure out how to manage it, how to celebrate it, how to educate. I think education is really important. Uh, That's that's a big part of the Child Connection is educating. Not only educating our community, but educating people on the community so that they're aware of how it works, how we feel. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite thing about social media, podcasting, really any kind of a media platform outside traditional mediums is because we're given voices that haven't been given voices before Mm -hmm. into different lifestyles, different choices. It, you know, you, I think people are pulling away from the CNNs of the world and nothing wrong keeping up with that, but people are pulling Mm -hmm. away because they're getting the same story over and over again. They're Mm -hmm. ready for more information subconsciously. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also when, when people, people are really longing for community because they feel so alone yeah. and they think that I'm the only one going through this process of, I don't know if I want to have a kid. And the reality is the exact opposite. Not only are you not the only one, there's thousands of people going through the same exact experience. And the people who do choose to be child-free they, there's millions of other people that, you know, that are already in the choice and that are living this life that, that it's just not openly talked about enough. But I do think that the choppy community as a whole is starting to move towards a better direction as far as um, showing what this looks like, what this feels like, what this can be. Um, and again, just offering it up as an option. Yes. And then getting a safe space, because not everybody, especially if you live in maybe a more rural area or 
just the community, your work community, whatever you're surrounded yourself with. I know you and I both had the experience of being surrounded by a sorority community mm-hmm. and there were some pressures there. We weren't pressured to have kids back then, but there are some pressures. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what we really want is a space to be ourselves. A hundred percent, a safe space to be ourselves and to be able to listen and be heard. And there's nothing more meaningful than those two things, because that's what really is going to push us forward to become our best selves. Yes. In a better world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that- exactly. Absolutely. I actually, um, I, I, I was telling someone this a few nights ago, we were at dinner and I said, it's so interesting how some people think that we don't like children because we'll still get that. It's and, such a, yeah. And, and the reality is, if, if someone was really open to critical thinking and thinking about it in a way that the reality is that I am so passionate about this because it's not that I'm against having kids. I want people who want to have kids have them because I don't want children to suffer. And the reason I'm saying this is because I've done the research and I've talked to, um, I talked to a family therapist maybe about a month ago or maybe more at this point, maybe two months ago. And she was telling me how when, when she speaks to parents that are really having a hard time with their kids, she finds out, and that's why she wanted to talk to me, that they didn't really want to have the kid in the first place. They felt very pressured either by a parent because they wanted to be grandparents or their um, partner because their partner really wanted kids. So they were like, okay, let's do it. So that's, so now they're ending up in family therapy because there's so many issues. And that really sparked something in me because I'm like, this is even deeper than I thought, because if people who really, truly don't have a calling to be a parent are given this safe space and this opportunity to explore that, maybe we can avoid some of those situations in the future. You know, maybe, I don't know, but it's, it's something to think about. And creating that community and open mind this conversation is going to be a better world for kids to grow up in. Right. Right. And I think that child-free people, having child-free people in kids' lives is so beneficial. Aunts, uncles, um, a lot of people in our community work with children. They're either teachers, they're volunteers, they're, they run sports programs and they're mentors. I've been a mentor most of my life and two children. And there is, there are so many benefits to having child-free people involved in kids' lives because we have a lot to offer and we're not under that strict, you know, parent umbrella. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you brought up too that children are growing up in a household where parents didn't really want them. They succumb to society pressure and, yeah, and that, that's really heartbreaking. Or maybe they had them at a younger age mm-hmm. because they thought that was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And podcast theme is for better self and net worth. We talk about self-worth a lot. And a lot of people put their self-worth 
in external factors. A hundred percent. I mean, that's the hardest thing to do. The hardest thing. I mean, that's something that I personally struggle with and have struggled with my whole life is putting myself first and loving myself enough to put myself first because I think, and not I think, but I know that a big part of, at least for this community is because you're being told that you're selfish and the word selfish is weaponized to say that you are doing something wrong. You are doing something wrong by taking this path or making this choice. When in actuality, being selfish should be celebrated. It should be praised because being selfish means that you're taking your, you're applying self-love, self-care. You're really taking a deep dive into yourself and seeing what is going to be best for me, that I'm going to feel fulfilled. I'm going to feel joy. And by being in that space, we're just better people. And then everyone benefits around us. So we need to remove the word selfish as a negative accusation towards child-free people because it's actually the exact opposite. I completely agree. And we talk about pressures. I'm really curious, what kind of pressures does Rick get? What kind of, I guess he's getting same feedback from the blog. Do, and you know, I don't know what it's like to be a man. Mm -hmm. I often wonder, what do men, what kind of feedback do they get around not having kids or even not getting married? Yeah, it's a, it, it's, it depends, right? I've seen a lot of different, but I can just speak of Brick's experience because he's shared it with me. It's very different. He actually, the only thing that he really received was the, and I, I find it interesting, is the legacy thing. Don't you want to, don't you want your name to be carried on? And the, <laughs> that's the, from what we've seen from our community, that's the one thing that the men, that goes towards the men you know, not even as, so if somebody knows a child-free couple or a couple that's considering to be child-free, the question doesn't come to the women about what about your legacy. It comes to generally the men. What about your legacy? What about your name being carried on? And Rick's answer has always been like, I, I don't care. It doesn't affect me in any name. way now. Last name. Yeah. He, he just simply doesn't care. And that's one thing. Like he just doesn't care at all. But the other thing is, is that legacy and who you were on this planet while you were here, regardless of what your beliefs are, what happens later, doesn't just mean that you left a smaller person behind that has your last name. There's other ways of leaving your legacy through your work, through volunteering, through your impact on the people around you. There are so many. I mean, think of Oprah and her legacy, yeah, right? She never, she's, she never had kids. Dolly Parton. No. I mean, there's a huge list. I can go through a huge list. And their legacy is huge. So the idea that you're not leaving a legacy behind is just another one of these, you know, comments that have been wrapped up in this, if you don't have kids, yeah, you know, situation. It, it makes me wonder when people say, don't you want to expand your family? Don't you want to leave your legacy? Are they putting their self-worth into kids? Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine, I would imagine so. I can't speak for it, but to feel that that's the only way that you should feel legacy prideful 
and and feel good about your time on earth that that's the only way is just curious to me. Yeah. yeah. Same, same for me. I just always wondered why people want to push their definition of happiness on you. Mm-hmm. What they need, like, I know just since my early 20s, it was, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a husband? It was all about who I was dating. Are you seeing anybody? They mm-hmm. didn't care what I wanted to do with my life after college or they didn't care about what the, the plans I had for myself outside of that. They probably, some people couldn't even tell you what I did for a living. Right. <laughs> I know. Isn't that insane? It drives me nuts. I know. That's so frustrating. And that, and that goes back to the safe space. It's like, do these people even know me and know right. what makes me happy and what I want to bring to this world? Right. And it would be impossible like to me to give someone advice on where their life should be headed without having their experiences, without living in their head. I don't even think, because even the people that are closest to us don't know us a hundred percent. They don't know. So perfect strangers on the street and, and, and oddly enough, a lot of times it's strangers that put their two cents in whether you should have a kid. Like I've had in the middle of getting my hair cut, you know, someone convincing me that I should have a kid or at the store, like just total strangers putting their um, opinions about my life, which is really baffling. But I can't imagine doing that without having some sort of of idea about where the person comes from is, what their experience has been. It's just really odd that these assumptions and comments are made. Absolutely. I've, I've mm-hmm. gotten it from Uber drivers asking me if yeah, I... Yeah, Uber drivers are a big, yeah. a big one. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're an Uber driver listening to this, don't ask a woman about if she has kids if you don't want her asking you about her... If you don't want her asking you about your sex life. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to ask you about your latest STD testing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uber drivers are big on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hear that a lot. I hear people getting it from their from their Uber drivers a lot. It's It's... It's crazy. What if somebody <laughs> ask them what their favorite music to listen to is and you're in the car or their podcast or what they stream. There's right. so many other things you can ask people. Right. And it's also some, you know, everyone's in a different place. Some people are living their best job life and are super excited and would probably be really confident and feel good to answer that question. And some people are in the extreme end. Maybe they're child-free by circumstance, and they were going through a really painful process. They're trying to move forward however best they can. They're trying to find joy. They're trying to understand what this life looks like, and they don't need their Uber driver to really be telling them that they should be doing this. Yeah, it's it's invasive when you really think about it. Yeah, it's, it really is. It really is. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a question that should come up unless it's offered or welcomed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got to normalize canceling people who tell us what we should be doing with our lives. A hundred percent. A hundred percent because it would be, and I think, I'm trying to think of which video it was. I can't remember, but I talked about in one of my videos how, what if, what would it look like if, let's say you go to brunch with a friend and They make the big announcement that they're pregnant and they're having a baby. And you said to them, what if you regret it? (laughs) Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't drink a mimosa. I don't say that. Yeah. It's just like, 
why, why do people say when someone says I've chosen, I make this decision. The, one of the first things people say is what if you regret it? It would be just, it's just as impactful to say that to a pregnant person. Oh no. What if they regret having a kid? And by the way, there is plenty of data out there about parents who regret having kids. It's out there and it's available to us and it's available to people to research. The problem is that this data has taken so long to get because of course a parent doesn't feel comfortable saying that they made a mistake or that this wasn't exactly the direction that they wanted to go. I have a personal friend of mine that has a child and she is the only person I know that has been very vocal about, I wasn't prepared for this. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. And, um, and she's really struggling. She's really struggling in it. And those stories you don't hear a lot of because people experience shame around it and they really shouldn't. They should be able to express themselves. If someone is suffering, if someone, if someone has a kid and they're not living their best mom, hashtag mom life, I, I want those people. I hope that there's a community for them too. I know that there is actually because I've researched into it. They should be able to say, okay, this isn't what I envisioned. So how can I do this? How can I get support to, do, to feel better about this? But the assumption always is if you have a kid, you're going to be super happy. And then if you don't have one, the chances of you regretting it are super high. Yeah. And honestly, of all my child-free friends and family members, I don't, they never tell me that they regret not having kids. Right. Absolutely. I feel the same. And most, cause I have a lot of child-free people in my community and my immediate social circle of friends and there's zero regret all around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just a fear tactic that's put into people, you know, regretting. Yeah. But regret is just an interesting thing anyway, because it's, 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 it, when people are fearful of making a decision, whether it's, you know, sometimes you're presented with, do you take the job or do you not take the job? You know, there's all these crossroads in our lives and what holds us back from making this decision that really is coming from our intuition is fear of regret. So that's just something that needs to be worked through and needs to be understood. Yeah. I think FOMO, the fear of missing out, mm-hmm. it's just your anxiety speaking. It's not, it's not truth. Mm-hmm. You, and it's like the same pressure. If you feel pressured to go out to a bar and hang out, you get FOMO if you don't go. But Correct. if you do go, you miss a couple hours of sleep. Right. <laughs> so where are you afraid of missing out on exactly? Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Veronica, what would you like to leave us with? Lasting words. And also tell the audience where we can find you. Great. Yeah. Um, What I would like to leave people with is wherever they are in their journey, which let's bring it back to what we talked to in the beginning, that some people are so confident that they don't want them. And then some people are super confident that they do. That middle is okay. It's okay to be in the middle. You are just, yeah, you are processing and it's okay to take time and the time that you need to figure this out for yourself. 
It's a very individual, it's a very independent choice. And actually um, that's what it, I think that's how we met. Cause I'm doing, I'm currently doing market research on people in this exact space and how Rick and I could further help them get through this decision. Because for me, it was the way I look at it is like, I was climbing up this mountain with all these turns and I had to go through all different terrains and water and like claw myself up and then ends up in a place where I feel at peace and joyful and confident with my decision. So what I'm trying to explore now is how can I get people from the bottom of the mountain to the top with a roadmap and it's just going to be a straight line. (laughs) You don't have to go through my experience. Let me just show you a, a shortcut of how I got here. So that's what I'm doing right now in my market research. And I really hope to bring that to the table for people um, in a few months. But but as far as where people can find us, so we have a YouTube channel. It's the Chaffee Connection. We're also on Instagram. We're going to take a leap over into TikTok probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So So that's the place that you can find us. But when you find us, if you're please DM us because I love speaking to the community. I love chatting with them. I'll hop on Zoom with them. We video back and forth. We audio back and forth. And the only way that Rick and I can really expand our community and have a greater impact and create more meaningful shifts and more transformations is by hearing individual stories and listening to our audience. And that's really meaningful to us. Very important. Mm-hmm. And guys, I will leave their information in the show notes. Veronica, thank you so much for bringing this conversation to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, I think what you have to say is very important. And I just love your open-mindedness, your sense of community, and what you're bringing to thousands of people currently right now. Thank you. This was so much fun. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.